0: Welcome to Women Beyond Faith, where we are finding freedom on the other side, one story at a time. For women who have walked away from faith, the challenges are often overwhelming, isolated, abandoned by family, misunderstood by partners, ostracized by friends, shamed for thinking critically, cursed for speaking out, subdued by the patriarchy. Thank you for joining us today as we provide a platform for women to speak up, to speak out and to share their stories because their stories count, their stories matter. Well hello there ladies and gentlemen, it's Leah. and Women Beyond Faith, and tonight I am fortunate enough to have Bethany with us, and Bethany is Melissa, who was on a few episodes ago, Melissa's daughter. So welcome tonight to Bethany. Hey, Bethany. Hi, Leah. How are you doing today, young lady?
1: I am doing really well, thank you.
0: Good. I mean, like, here we find ourselves amidst the pandemic, and- then add to that this crazy situation and that we find ourselves after the death of George Floyd and this Black Lives Matter kind of um, causing and creating even more havoc and craziness in our communities. Um, So I hope you're staying safe. Yes,
1: I'm staying home mostly with my kids. Okay.
0: (laughs) I did notice or see that you happened to be able to go out last night and join um, a peaceful protest in your area. Oh, that was my mom actually that went and did that. Okay, okay. Um, How are things in your area as far as um, the pandemic and the virus and um, the protests and the violence? Um, So we are lucky. We actually live in the country
1: um, so our county, McKeon County in Pennsylvania, there's only been 12 cases um, of the coronavirus. So we we definitely have a lower amount of cases. And um, we I haven't seen anything about protests. It is a pretty conservative area. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it, I mean, it's country. We're right in the mountains of Pennsylvania. So nice. we haven't had much of, you know, seen anything so far.
0: Yeah, gotcha so in your community your area there like um is it difficult to like be a a non-religious person um
1: Um, yeah i haven't actually i mean because of everything with the pandemic um i haven't been out to meet people but very much um but it is definitely i've prepared myself knowing that coming here is going to be a lot different um because how well for one thing we moved around so much when i was growing up and how did we make friends we went to church and so now coming here it's like how do you make
0: friends i have no idea (laughs) oh my gosh you will learn especially with two little little kiddos two little boys yeah, we had just,
1: I mean, I i had actually been taking a yoga class at the YMCA here, and I mean, we just started getting involved, and then the pandemic hit, and yeah. so I was just like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. hopefully. Push a, pause, push a pause button on that one. Exactly. Now, and since I had moved away last March, uh, same time of year, actually, oh, it's just wow. no, no matter what, we haven't had it. A real chance to settle in here,
0: but yeah, gosh. So, what do you hear about school reopening for the kiddos in the fall? Have you heard anything from your school? District? Um, so not so much from the school district, they've been pretty quiet
1: about it. Um, our governor said that there will be school in the fall, but it may not look the same because okay. of you know they might do online stuff. Um, but that's a real concern for me because I planned on so I'm going to uh a college in Ohio online right now and I was planning to move to a community college out here okay but um I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to classes yeah if the boys don't have school
0: right Um, so I'm going to have to figure that out right so that might mean that perhaps you just stay at the community college in Ohio then and take online classes potentially yes now the one in um
1: The area has online classes too, but since I am already registered um, at the one in Ohio, I might just stay there. But yeah, yeah, it's gonna be definitely a last minute (laughs) trying to
0: figure out what's gonna happen. Oh my gosh, I think, yeah, for so many things, right? It's gonna be like last minute. I was just talking, my husband's a school teacher and we were talking about school starting back up and and then I was at a friend's picking up plants today, socially distancing and (laughs) asked her about her kid's school district. And, you know, they've yet to hear anything there as either. So like, yeah, I don't know when. And like right now, like here in Cincinnati, like, you know, things in Ohio have opened back up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And And actually I say a little bit, but really it's a little bit more than a little bit because I was downtown bike riding the other day and like it was a Friday evening and like the bars were prepping to open and it was packed down there. Really? people weren't necessarily doing a great job so that's concerning to me and then with all the protests that we've had here locally um mm-hmm. which I'm all for the the um the nonviolent protests you know right love, right black lives yeah. matter but like people are wearing masks some people are wearing masks but i worry about like a, a resurgence of the numbers of cases that we might see and then that's going to totally transform what things look like for the fall you know exactly
1: yeah, we're lucky in Pennsylvania. Um, our governor was able to keep the mask restrictions for any grocery stores or anything. I know Ohio, they tried to do that and then they took it away, yes. uh, like the mandate. But luckily in Pennsylvania, it is required pretty much anywhere you go. Um, okay. If you go into any business, the governor is still wow. requiring it. Wow. Which is nice to not have to worry about. Um, yes. My mom's made tons of masks for us and her old
0: family got ready. So. It's been helpful. I remember in our, I think it was our first conversation, we were talking about um, what she was doing to keep busy. Well, it was actually an aden- a denim that we made to her, the first episode we put out about what right. she was doing during the pandemic. And she told me all these amazing things and she forgot about mask making. So <laughs> she was like, oh my gosh, I forgot I'm making masks too. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. How do you do? Yes, yeah,
1: she I watched her when we vi- we visited them last weekend for Memorial Day weekend. It was the first um, weekend we had been able to make it home since February. Wow! wow. And um, oh my gosh, she could make them within like a mask in like 10 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, geez, but she made one like she made uh, Star Wars ones for my sons, which they were very happy about. Aww. Now my three-year-old still does not want to wear one,
0: no matter how much yeah convincing we can do he doesn't want <laughs> well and like yeah like what can he understand about what's going on like why exactly right that's that's hard must be so hard to not have a clue as to what a virus is and what it can potentially do to the health of yourself and then those around you you know exactly yeah it's been easier with our five-year-old
1: um you know just a little bit more able to explain to him you know there's a sickness going around we don't want to pass it around to anybody so you have to wear this wow. but I try to um like I rarely take them to the store with me or anything now like they've pretty much stayed home for good. um months but the, now you you know you can tell they're getting cooped up but we've been oh, trying yeah. to go hiking with us living in the mountains That's um we've awesome. been able to do that good and, and so- it's been really rough um not being able to see family, that's probably the hardest part. Oh
0: my gosh, yeah. So what have you been doing to like, well, you were in school up until just like a week ago. So you didn't have a whole lot of free time. No, not at
1: all. (laughs) It was big. Well, especially because I had to take over doing Samuel's, my older kindergartner's school as well. So not only did I have to worry about my stuff, but he had stuff that he had to do every week. Wow. So that was a lot to have to take on. And I was just like, uh, Lucas, my youngest, was just about to um, go into daycare two full days a week. We were a week away from it. Wow. And that's when the pandemic hit. And I was like, okay. Okay. (laughs) Instead of a break, I'm getting more. (laughs) Okay,
0: Okay. And girlfriend, like, okay, I just have to applaud you and just have to celebrate with you. Okay. And let the audience know, like with all that going on, Bethany still made it out of the semester with like a 4.0 gpa like she yeah. rocked it despite all those added stresses so girl
1: <laughs> yes i am very um proud that i was able to keep it there was a couple of times that i was a little bit unsure that i would be able to maintain it but in the end i did so i definitely did a huge sigh of relief when it was over i'm like okay
0: That's so exciting. So like, I have not, besides interviewing my own daughters, I have Mm -hmm. not had the pleasure of being able to talk to a mother and her daughter before. So I just, my heart is just like all like warm and fuzzy. And like, I've got tears (laughs) in my eyes. And not only because you and your mama just have this beautiful relationship, but that we can walk this difficult life of faith and deconversion and like be able to continue to be in healthy relationships with those we love. And so I am so excited to hear your story and to find out more about um, your life and um, what's led you to where you are today. So I guess guess we can dive in. So you, young lady are um, the fourth of five children, correct? Yes. Yes, and you guys moved around quite a bit when you were young. Yes, we did. And you were homeschooled for the entirety of your childhood, your school age years, is that correct? Yes, yes. Okay, so like where do you think would be a good place for us to start? Um, I guess, really,
1: um, just the influences growing up, I mean, At first off, um, my mom did a fantastic job homeschooling us. Um, She was so involved and so interactive with us. So I, I, you know, there were sure there were things we missed out on, but overall, um, she did a fantastic job. Mm. Um, But there were definitely things that were ingrained in us from very, um, a very young age. Um, I mean, remember like the first book series I started reading. I don't know if you're familiar with, but it's the Elsie Dinsmore series. I've heard of that. I don't know. If and oh, anyone. I read all eight books, <laughs> and I was probably eight or nine. <laughs> and oh, my gosh, looking back, it's so twisted. And so, I mean, there's this young child that is so holds on to her faith through um, crazy circumstances. and um like keeping the Sabbath day holy and she can't play any Christian music, you know, like on the piano besides um Amazing.
0: what was acceptable
1: like, to God. Yeah. And I mean it just like looking back on it. I mean I loved it at the time, but now I'm like, oh my gosh, I would never have my children read that seriously. Like that's yeah. horrible. Wow. Um, I don't but just the that message that was just ingrained in us from such a young age. It was very um like I felt like a preacher's child. That is how I described myself
0: Because we
1: were
0: you go mentioned ahead. That in your, in your bio, you were talking about that, how you often felt like a preacher's kid. Yes. So yeah. If you would expand on that a little bit, like, was that, was that because of your mom and dad, or was that because of the church or what? Uh, made- it was primarily
1: because of my mom. I mean, my dad a little bit, but mostly my mom, because she had been so vocal. Um, to get support, mainly from family, like extended family, to when she was homeschooling us, um, they knew her goals, and like, how she wanted to raise us, Mm. and so they started holding us, I mean, my grandparents, you know, aunts and uncles, it was like, we were held to this higher standard, and now my cousins could do things, and they were, it was perfectly fine, but if we even took a step out of line, I mean, I remember getting put right back into it. And I always thought it was unfair, you know, that, you know, I'm a child too. I'm not, you know, any older than these people. And you're, you know, trying to make it where I have this such a high standard that I have to live with. So it wasn't only a high standard from my parents. We also had it from everyone around us pushing us.
0: Wow. Wow, I mean, I remember that like as the homeschool mama, Because like it was homeschooling was so like nobody in my family was doing that, you know, no extended Mm -hmm. family members were doing that. And so there was like this need to have to prove to everybody else that we were doing a good thing that we were doing right by our children, you know, that we weren't going to totally like mess them up and they were going to have to be in therapy forever. I mean, (laughs) they might have to be, but you know, I was hoping they wouldn't have to be. Right. (laughs) I I do remember feeling as the mom and the and the homeschool mom that I had to like meet this higher standard, you know, mm-hmm. over and above what anybody else had to because they could always blame the child's behavior or like inability to read on the school system or their bad teacher they had in fourth grade. You know, <laughs> but but inevitably it just came down to me, you uh-huh. know, and God, you know, but ultimately like. I was the one responsible for for everything the ch- my child's learning, my child's social life, my child's behavior and it was a lot of pressure so as a child as the child bethany I I think I'm only beginning to understand those pressures that I placed mm-hmm. upon my children well yeah because there was the it's not only that it's just
1: you didn't want to disappoint your parents you know you wanted to you knew that other people didn't think that they could do it or a faith. Like I didn't, you know, I knew that my mom had critics around her. Yeah. So I didn't want to disappoint her. And so, you know, I tried so hard. And I'm the pleaser. Like, I'm the yeah. uh, people pleaser, especially when it comes to my mom and yeah. the people I care about. And um, I just did not want to disappoint her.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so, like you have three older siblings. Yeah. And like, were you looking to them as well as like role models for you and how you should behave? Um, somewhat. Um,
1: it was more like, because my mom taught us a lot together. Um, like a lot of our schooling and stuff was done together. Um, we kind of all got the message more together. Now I did have it lighter because my mom wasn't as strict
0: um, Yeah, true. with the younger
1: ones. Like she was wearing head coverings when I was born, but you know, by the time I was older, she wasn't. Um, so, I mean, we did have, I did have it easier than my older siblings. Um, that makes sense. I was allowed to wear pants and different, you know, like from certain ages, I was allowed to do that. Um, so she did relax up, but I think a big thing that was pushed from a young age is even, um, just purity and a woman's responsibility and um you know i needed to be a mom that was my calling in life so i mean from a young age i played with babies you know that's what i did <laughs> uh, and that was all you know what i was encouraged to do you know my job was to to one day become a mother and to learn how to become a mother um, and that was really all that I was allowed to do that but also there was an aspect of me like I would watch Fox News it's it's funny now but I mean when I was like 10 years old I'm like oh I'm gonna have Bill O'Reilly's job one day I I want that like that was literally it lasted for several years that was what I wanted to do when I got older I was gonna be a journalist
0: and I wanted Bill O'Reilly's job oh my gosh well you go girl (laughs) yeah I mean, like, that could still be your job. Yeah, he got fired, actually. Didn't he get fired? Yes. Yeah, he got fired. Yeah, okay. But so.
1: it, it's it's cringing to me, now, you know, like, because Fox News is what I knew growing up. That's what we watched.
0: Yeah. Um, Have Fox you comes seen to that news? movie, um, Bombshell? With yes. Shirley? Yes. Yeah, Mom and I actually went and saw it in theaters. Oh, how uh, fun.
1: Yeah, when I was, as soon as I saw the trailer for that, I was like, I'm seeing that movie. You know yeah.
0: That? <laughs> I saw it with one of my daughters too. And yeah. And I, and it's funny, like that was not that long ago, but I had like totally completely forgotten about that whole saga. Yeah. And what an, I mean, like to see behind the curtain, right. Uh-huh. Be like oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, these are some holy rollers. Yeah. Right.
1: Well, or- and because I was so convinced that that's what I wanted to do for so long to see that movie and to get the full picture of it. It was shocking because I could understand, like, the younger, uh, the young, uh, journalist that had just started there. Yes, I could see her perspective, you know, because I grew up with that glorified view of Fox News and the people that worked there. Yeah, um, so I it really, uh, hit home for me because I'm like, wow, yeah, that's
0: yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Yep, and like the ambition, right? Like, okay, so as a young girl. Bethany, you had this ambition to be more than just a mom. Mm-hmm. Right? And again, there's nothing wrong with being just a mom. Like I've been right. a mom for 20. Well, I'm back in been back in school for about a year and a half. So I, I was a stay at home mom for over 20 years. Uh-huh. And it's funny, like today, I had to go get a, a drug screening for nursing school. And it's <laughs> so like, belittling because like, you know, they don't know that I'm there for nursing school. I told them I was, but they don't know if I'm telling the truth. Right. So like, they're giving me all these instructions on like, okay, like lock your stuff up here. You can only be in there for four minutes. Don't flush the toilet. Don't wash your hands. If you do any of those things, you automatically fail the drug screen. And like, you know, like I'm this big, bad, terrible criminal and so afterwards, you know, I, I followed all the rules. I was worried I was going to forget one of them and like fail the drug test and then not be able right. to finish nursing school. But afterwards it was like a little less chaotic and a little less stressful. And I was talking to the gentleman that was helping me and he was like, so you're in nursing school. He finally believed me at that point that I was in nursing school and not a yeah. drug addict. And, um, He's like, so what were you doing before this? And I was like, oh, I've been a stay-at-home mom for over two decades. And he's like, oh wow, that's cool. And I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of cool, but like I'm, I'm way behind the eight ball here in, in career, in my career. Uh-huh. And like, even saying that, like, I don't, like, it sounds shitty. Like, it's not like being a stay-at-home mom was a bad thing by any means. Right. I, I loved homeschooling my kids. And yet I feel like I wish I would have been able to like do both, you know? Right. And so I'm so happy for you that you're going back to school at this stage yes. of the game when you're a little kid. It's not, can't be easy with a five-year-old and a three-year-old. No, um, it's not, but it it was definitely what I needed um, yeah. to just
1: to be able to do this. Um, yeah. I mean, at, all the way through, I always wanted to go to college. Yeah. Um I loved learning the idea. I mean, of course, I wanted to go to a Christian college. That was <laughs> a little bit different, <laughs> but I mean, I had this deep desire. And when I was fourteen, I was in a it was called CSLP, which is Christian Student Leadership Project. Um, and we did we went over worldviews, uh, which I thought was a full, what r- rounded worldviews? Like I thought, oh, they're giving me this full perspective on Islam and on communism and I mean all this stuff whereas now I look and I'm like no it was from a Christian (laughs) perspective but we were in that I was in that program with my older brother Matthew for a year and we got to go to Washington D.C. at the end and got to meet with uh Republican House you know representatives and pastors and lawyers and just all And so when I came back, I'm like, oh, that's it. I'm gonna be a lawyer. I'm going to be a Christian lawyer. This is gonna be awesome. I could do this. Oh, I just had this burning desire and passion. This is what I was gonna do. Wow. And I come home and I'm like, mom, I had the best week, you know, this is what I'm gonna do with my life. And she said, Bethany, I thought you wanted to be a mom. And I'm like, well, I do. I really wanna be a mom. And she's like, and I thought you wanted to homeschool. And I'm like, well, I do, but I really want to do this. Like, this is yeah. so inspiring to me. And she said, Well, you can't have both. You have to choose. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm. Okay. God has told me my entire life. You know, I've been told that God's plan for my life is to be a wife and mother. So even though it was like, here's your choice, there wasn't a choice. I was just like, Okay, I guess wow. I'm not doing that. Oh um, my gosh. So overall from that point on, uh, I stopped my desire to go to college. Um, I mean, I still had the desire, but I just buried it yeah. and accepted that that was not going to happen.
0: Gosh. Um, and like, how did that manifest itself? Like in your, in your day-to-day life? Like, did you, I mean, like when we stuff our dreams, you know, and when we stuff our hopes or our deep desires, like it doesn't bode well with our health, our mental health or our physical health, you know? So like, how did that manifest right. itself in your life over the course of those years.
1: Well, and I mean, thinking back, especially with you putting it that way, I hadn't really thought about, you know, what that could have done. Uh, but I, de- I definitely dealt with a lot of depression as a teenager, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, once I hit puberty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I dealt with more than the average person, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean, it runs in my family. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, I dealt with it a lot. And I mean, that could very well have had a big impact on that. Um, yeah. But I just kind of accepted, you know, like, I still want to be a mom, you know, I can accept that this is what I need to do. And I, I'm a rule follower. Um, yeah, I'm rebellious against people, you know, certain people, but overall, especially with my parents, yeah. I never saw the need to rebel against them. Oh. Um, and I just listened to what they said. Um and so I just kind of accepted that that's how it was going to be and that I wasn't going to get to do that. Yeah. Well, um, I just started working with children from that point on. Like I was babysitting at the church um, for my youth pastor. I mean, I I got very involved with kids at that point.
0: Wow. I mean, and like you had such a great relationship with your mom. Yes. You know, and and your dad at the time. Like, mm-hmm. I I get that. You know, like here, your mom is coming from what at the time she believed to be a good place. Exactly. You no, know, like, and honestly, like even today as a secular person, like I can, it must be so hard to be like, I have family members and friends, right. Who work full time and have children and I mm-hmm. don't know how they do it. I don't know right. how it's possible for them to do all things well to be Uh a good employee and to be a good mom. Like I feel like, and to be a good wife. I mean, like you add all that into the mix and like, it's just not possible. I mean, it must be because there are people that do it well, but for me, I think it's just overwhelming to think about being able to do all those things and to do all those things. Well, Mm -hmm. um, So like, I, you know, I just, I, I, I echo your mom's sentiments. Like, you know, I, my mom, when I was growing up, you know, she was like, she, it's funny, even like today, she doesn't come out and say like, she's a secular person or an atheist or agnostic or humanist, but like, she's never been one to like be, um, to have a belief system, like a Christianity. Mm -hmm. And, but she was never very vocal about that as a kid, but she was always telling me I was the oldest of five in my family. And so I was like the trend center and like as a girl, as the oldest being a girl. Right. And she, she didn't get to go to college right away because she got pregnant with me right out of high school. Gotcha. and she ended up Marrying my dad and like her college dreams came to a crashing halt. So like for me, she was always encouraging me, you know, go to college. You can be anything you want to be, blah, blah, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and I believed that like I was going to be from the age of 10, I was going to be a pediatrician and I was gonna be the best goddamn pediatrician out there. I was gonna change the world. And, you know, so I went off to college and did all these things and then didn't get into medical school. And my dreams kind of crashed about that time that I didn't get in. I was like, but I thought this was my my calling in life. You know, and at that time I was a Christian by then. Um, mm-hmm. So it was interesting, you know, just the different, the different um, recommendations and the different encouragements that I received from my mom you know, as a, a non-believer and as like a women's rights advocate in the right. 80s, you know? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't think I would have been able to do it all well. Um, mm-hmm. If I would have gone back, but um, especially, I mean, I wouldn't take
1: back the, especially before the boys start school, I wouldn't change. Yeah. Same with them. Um, I've loved every minute of it. Oh. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they fulfilled my dreams, you know, of being a mom. Yeah. and i I wouldn't change that for a second. Um, and I fully, i like I completely understand even why my, how my mom got into all of this. like I understand, you know, being yeah. I mean, not like I understand as like I've been there, but I can empathize with, you know, a seventeen right. year old girl getting pregnant, you know, yeah. holding on to faith. and that's what, you know, get a hard childhood and this was her saving grace you know i i get that yeah Um, and she did the best that she could she i mean her. she taught us what she believed and you know that's the best thing that you can do as a parent you know she did as much as she could
0: um it's so beautiful bethany for you as you know your mama's daughter like for you to be able to recognize that about mm-hmm. your mom. And like, um, you know, you're a little bit older than my oldest, you know, so my kids right now are 23, 21 and just turned 19. And like, I feel like my girls get that, but like my oldest, my son, who's 23, like we've had a hard road because I was harder on him. Right. Like your mom mm-hmm. was probably harder on your older siblings and the younger. Siblings. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I had,
0: I I pushed him harder and I, and I expected perfection for him. And when he didn't meet those, um, goals I set for him, you know, it was not, I did not handle those well. And so Mm -hmm. anyway, you know, he and I are still working through a lot of that. And, um, and so I'm hopeful though, like talking to you and just how, how beautiful you speak about your mom. And, um, it gives me hope that my son and I will be able to have a a better relationship in the future and i think gosh just wait till he has kids you know <laughs> and it's funny like he has a dog he and his girlfriend have a dog and uh-huh. their dog is just sweet as can be but like she's not perfect you know <laughs> and we were at the park the other day for my my daughter's birthday social distancing and like his dog likes to bark at other dogs i mean that seems like a natural evolutionary trait, right? Like a dog walks by, you would probably bark if you're a dog at the other dogs, but it drives him crazy. And so like, it was just interesting, like for me to look at him from the perspective of, of mothering him and then him trying to like parent this dog. And like the dog wasn't being perfect just as he hadn't been perfect for me as a child. And it was just like this crazy, like nuanced, weird, alternative universe, twilight zony <laughs> experience. And and like, you know, like it, I need to just give him some space right now to like, just be him, be fully right. and be free to be him. And that, like, I'm so hopeful that one day he's going to like, be able to say what you just said about your mom. Like, you know what, she did the best she could at the time with what she had. And she believed this to be true. And she loved us and cared about us. And yeah, she sucked. I mean, to, homeschooling is not easy
1: which I know you know but I mean like I saw that with her it was not easy and but yet she did it you know and how many of her other dreams did she push aside you know to do this for us so I I mean I I admire her so much um, oh. and sometimes I think she's a heck of a lot better mother than I am. <laughs> you know, like, oh. she's
0: just so amazing. <laughs> well I love that you guys are so close and that you're able to, like, I'm sure, right, you can ask her all kinds of questions about parenting and her advice. Oh, yeah. yeah, except
1: now it's funny because she's a grandparent and it's a different. <laughs> it's
0: she like, she doesn't look at
1: things the same way. I'm like, what? You didn't say that when I was growing up. Like, yeah, she, she she's a lot different as a grandparent than she was as a
0: mother. That's what I've heard. Grandparenting is like the bomb from what I hear from my friends who are grandparents. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, she is so like, oh, they're
1: fine. Don't worry about that. I'm like, but mom, they can't do that. I have to teach them not to. She's like, it's fine, Bethany. Just relax. Oh my
0: gosh. That's so funny.
1: Yeah, it's it's a definitely a new like mom, you did not say that. But yeah, she's the one I call. I'm like, oh no, my child's sick. Mom, what am I supposed to do? yeah I'm uh, constantly like calling her asking her questions like half from the beginning luckily oh, wow. I was a nanny um for like once I graduated I was a nanny for two wow. years for twins that were two months old when I
0: started. oh my um, gosh so you have lots of experience yeah
1: yeah I've worked with kids
0: since I was
1: uh probably well pretty much my entire life but like 10 <laughs> on I would say um I just absolutely loved them
0: wow Okay, so at 14, you go to DC, you come home, you tell your mom, you want to go to college, you want to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And she tells you, well, Bethany, you can't be a mom and a lawyer. And so you kind of reside yourself to be okay, I'm going to be a good mom. I'm gonna be a mom. Mm -hmm. So like, like, talk to us about, about what those the rest of those years of um, your high school years.
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, when I was 15, um, well, it started when I was about 14 and a half. Um, I create uh, had a deep friendship with a guy from church. He was actually my brother's older brother's friend first, and we started talking um, on Yahoo, like Messenger, like all the time. Um, and it kind of developed from as more of a friendship into a uh, relationship. Uh, I wouldn't call it dating, necessarily, because, for one thing, I wasn't technically allowed to date. date.
0: Of course not.
1: (laughs) It was courting. I would call it courting. Um, No, I mean, one other 15-year-old is talking about marriage with her uh, 16, 17-year-old boyfriend. Um, I mean, from the beginning. And he he was homeschooled, um, too. Hmm. Um, And he... He wasn't he was went to our youth group. Um, they weren't involved in homeschool groups or anything either at the time because it wasn't much around. Um, but I don't know that he was as like he didn't grow up as in as like as strict of a household as I did. Uh, but he, you know, pretty much the same type of views. Um, we did Bible studies together. We did um, Like Praying together every day. I mean, we talked about everything with religion and yeah, I was going to marry him. I was positive about that. Um, and we were together for about six months. Um, and suddenly I was just not happy. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't necessarily not happy with him. I just wasn't happy in general. Um, I was dealing with depression, like I had been for a couple of years and um in january of 2009 i tried to od oh my gosh bethany yes um i just one night decided to do it and Mm -hmm. i couldn't even afterwards i couldn't even fully explain why i did it um Mm -hmm. but i told my little brother benjamin like that night i did it and then i got scared um and he woke up my whole family we kept it very private um like, no one outside of the extended family knew. Mm. Um, and I was afraid of it ruining my reputation. I was afraid of, you know, people judging me. I was afraid that my boyfriend's parents would make him break up with me. Um, so there was a lot of fear in it. But I I didn't, my mom and dad drilled me, like, why did you do it? You know, what's going on? And I, I didn't know. Mm. Like, I didn't know why I did it. I just knew that I wasn't happy. And I wanted a way out.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And I mean, it was so shocking. It had such an impact on my family. Hmm. Um, Everybody was devastated. But yet again, I mean, it was kept very quiet. um,
0: And do you, looking back, do you think that that was a good choice to keep it quiet and private like that? Or would it have been better for more people to be aware so they could be like a a better support system to you?
1: Um, I think that, I mean, at the time, that's what I wanted because I didn't want it to change my whole life. Right. Should I have probably gone to counseling? Yeah,
0: because,
1: um, you know, I, I was messed up from it. Um, but I, I wanted to pretend like it didn't happen afterwards because I, you know, I was so scared once I did it. And I was like, oh crap, you know, like, uh, what did I just do? Um, and I, I just saw my whole life slipping away. You know, Mm -hmm. I was involved, heavily involved with their, um, church is children's program. And I'm like, did I just, you know, are they going to kick me out of this? Because I think I'm unstable. Like, I didn't know what the repercussions would be. And I was terrified. Right. Um, but Yeah. yeah, not even my boyfriend knew, um, at the time I didn't tell him anything a few months later he had thought I'd been acting different hmm. and I told him that I had, had a breakdown hmm. but I I was terrified that his parents would have the worst reaction to it yeah so I refused to tell him hmm. um but I think from the non you know it was more of a strain on our relationship
0: yeah because um, it was not a, knowing yeah a big secret that was kept between the two of you yeah. yes
1: yeah. And he, he doesn't know to this day
0: um, yeah. about so, wait, it. Looking back now, Bethany, like, do you ha- can you point to any reasons for why you were so sad and um, depressed? Yeah, I think
1: honestly, um, so my boyfriend was planning on being a pastor mm. um, and I was going to be the pastor's wife. And as much as that, was like, Oh, exciting. You know, one day I'm going to get to watch him preach. And, you know, this is, we're going to have this whole life together. I've also seen pastors' wives Yeah. my whole childhood. You know, they're the, they're judged by the church. They have to be the quiet, meek women. And I'm not that. I never have been. Hmm. They have to be the submissive wives forever. And you constantly have the world looking at you. Yes. And I think, um, I just felt like I am completely trapped in my future. It wasn't that I was trying to escape then I was trying to escape yeah. what my future was going to be. Wow! Um, and I mean, that's taken me years to fully realize because I, I couldn't tell you why I did it. Yeah. Um, but I honestly think that I was trying to escape the person that I was raised to be.
0: Yeah. And like kind of knowing that it was either impossible to attain that or that it would be exhausting. Yes. And, or it would be exhausting to attempt to do so, do so. And that like, it kind of would mean that those other dreams that you had had when you were younger would never be able to Mm -hmm. come to fruition. Right. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I,
1: I, I mean, I was raised to, I thought I had to homeschool my children. I thought I didn't, you know, I didn't see choices Yeah. because, especially because I was a rule follower, you know, I did what I was supposed to do. I've mm-hmm. always done what I was supposed to do and what was expected of me. Huh. And I didn't want to let my parents down. I didn't want to let uh, my boyfriend down. Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to be the Proverbs 31 wife. I wanted to follow God's will. I wanted to do all that, but it was so exhausting Yep. and to have your future like planned out for you. And I mean, I was the one doing the planning. No one was forcing it on me, Right. Right. but they were the expectations of what I, roles I needed to follow were being pushed yes. on me. Right. And so I felt like this is what I have to do, but I don't think I can do it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And so I think I really just wanted to escape. And I mean, when I broke up with my boyfriend, we broke up, um, later that July. Um, and it it was kind of, you know, both sides. Like he, he knew what was coming, I think. Hmm. Um, but, uh, I felt so much guilt because then I had failed. I had failed God. I had failed my future husband because I had done what I wasn't supposed to do and I gave my heart to somebody before I gave it to my husband and it's not like my boyfriend and I had sex I mean we yeah we right. we barely ki- I mean we did kiss which for a while I was you know raised you yeah know, kiss until your wedding day yeah <laughs> like we did do that we held hands but that was I mean it was very innocent but from my perspective um, I failed, you know, I was raised with wait for me by Rebecca St. James. I got that CD yeah, for girl. my birthday when I was 11 mm-hmm. and that song got played on repeat. I, I mean, I probably annoyed everybody to death <laughs> in my family. Um, but I mean, that is what I envisioned for myself. And the fact that, you know, ma- maybe I saved my um, body, but I hadn't saved my heart.
0: Wow. And so I had failed. Oh my gosh! I'm so sorry. I mean, I just I can relate to that to some degree because I I didn't save myself for my husband, Mm -hmm. and um, I continue. There, I mean, we've been married. We just had our 26th wedding anniversary, and there are days where I continue to feel like a failure for not doing so, you know, and Mm -hmm. and and even like the encouraging of my children to stay pure you know, for their spouse. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it is, it's like that, that like you talk about in your bio, Bethany, about the black and the white, like there's a right decision and there's a wrong decision. And there's like nothing in between, like there's multiple exactly. options here and opportunities here. And it doesn't have to be so right and wrong, black and white. And yet often that's what Christianity and at least the kind the types of Christianity that we found ourselves in, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of the narrative that's written for us,
1: yeah, it really is. And I mean, there are it's just this is what you're supposed to do. And it doesn't matter what your dreams are. It doesn't matter what you want. You have to follow God's will. So you need to surrender every part of yourself. But what got me all along is, and this was a big reason why I struggled with my faith so much was, Okay, this is a God that created me. He made every part of who I am. He knit me together in my mother's womb. He created my personality, every aspect of me. So why do I not fit into what I'm supposed to be as a Christian woman? spoken, you know, I'm opinionated. I am vocal, you know, none of the things that I'm supposed to be. Yeah. But I didn't fit into it. But I tried so hard. Yeah you know, and I, I mean, that's all I wanted was to do the right thing. Aww. And it, it never added up for me, you know, no matter how much I tried to, you know, do the perfect, you know, be perfect, do everything perfect for God, for my family, for everybody. I couldn't. And I felt like such a failure. And at, you know, 15, 16 oh years gosh. old, to feel like you failed
0: everything. Yeah, I mean, already. it took
1: You've barely
0: to live. You've barely begun to even live your life and you already feel like a complete and total failure.
1: Yeah. And I mean, seeing that, you know, 10 years later, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so young. I was Mm -hmm. so inexperienced. I was so, you know, I didn't know anything. And, you know, it took me forever to get over my boyfriend. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I had wanted to break up, but but it it was like I was tied to him. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. In way, you know, in so many ways. And I mean. My parents, you know, we had gone through a rocky relationship. So they had, they told me, you know, you need to delete him on Facebook. You need space away from him. Mm -hmm. And that just killed our friendship. So not only was I dealing with everything else, but this was, you know, the best friend that I had and I lost him at the same time too. I mean, I was a wreck and I stopped going to the church we had been going to for years just to get away from him. Like my parents wanted distance. And I think it was because they were honestly afraid that I would attempt it again.
0: Yeah. And they knew it was not in your best interest. Yes.
1: Yes. So they, they, I think they were trying to do what they could to protect me. I mean, and I went through, after I tried to OD, I slept in my parents' bedroom every night for like three, four months, I think at least. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, so they were terrified. And I, like I said, I shook up the whole family. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think they were on it, you know, I can, I know they were trying to protect me. Um, but yeah, I was messed up for a longest time and I, I couldn't find God in it. You know, like as much as when I walked away from my boyfriend, I was accepting that I didn't want the wife, like the, the life of a pastor's wife, the right. life of, you know, you know, putting Christianity above all else, being right. a missionary, everything. I chose that, but yet I still felt the pull of it. And hmm. I felt like God had turned away from me hmm. and like had left me. As soon as I broke up with my boyfriend, God had left me.
0: Wow. Like uh, for, re- like, because maybe you had made the wrong decision to break up with him or you were just floundering yeah. in the wilderness or like what watching- kind of, I read, I
1: read during that time period, I read a book called Disappointment with God. Hmm. I don't remember what the author's name of it is. But, um, it totally fit how I felt. And it had talked about, you know, God hiding his face from you. Yeah. And there was like scripture to back it up and stuff. And that's what I felt like had happened. And I didn't know if it's because I had broken up with my boyfriend. I mean, I, I, months later, I tried to get back together with him, you know, just, I was just going crazy because yeah. I was trying to fix, cause I felt like I had broken and ruined everything. Yeah. Right. And so oh, I was oh, just oh. trying to fix it. Yeah. Um, And trying to feel better. And I just wasn't. Um, Hmm. but yeah, I would say it took me a good two years before I really felt over it. Wow. Um, and I mean during that time, it was like, you know, I had chosen to walk away from, you know, aspects of Christianity, but I wasn't gonna go away from it entirely because this was, you know, yeah, I still had to do it. And my entire family was still, you know,
0: very involved in
1: church. And
0: yeah. The
1: way Very religious the
0: life, yeah. The way it is the way. So, like, tell me what you so. At this point, tell me what you saw is your choices here. I mean, you could choose like you you didn't hear God. You were crying out to Him, and you were not hearing His voice, and yet, so you were still feeling sounds like. Correct me if I'm wrong. Sad and and depressed. Um, and so. What did you see as your choices at this juncture?
1: I, what I just did was I just had to keep going and doing, you know, I, I kept thinking maybe if I try harder, maybe if I, you know, search God out more or try to fix my life or, you know, whatever. Um, I got very involved again in children's ministry and I just threw myself into that um, in mm-hmm. churches. And it, um, luckily that summer I had had my first job, um, like, mm-hmm. uh, at Cedar Point. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, and that was, kept me so busy, um, which was good. Good. But I had two summers there that I worked there. Um, and when I wasn't doing that, I was throwing myself into other things, just trying to stay busy and keep yeah. moving on.
0: Yeah, we tend to do that, don't we? I mean, not just not just we as Christian women, but women in general, men in general, like to avoid the hard stuff. And I think sometimes it's a good protective measure, you mm-hmm. know, like I feel like even today I do that sometimes when I know I have some tough shit I should be dealing with, but I don't have the energy or I don't want to spend the time, I just get busy, you know, right. And it could be watching Netflix series or going to (laughs) school or whatever it might be. Like I can just get busy so that I don't have to think about the more important aspects of. Yeah,
1: I felt like um, so growing up, one of my favorite movies was Gone with the Wind. Um, And so I felt like Scarlett O'Hara at points or I can't think about that now. I'm going to think about that tomorrow. I can't deal (laughs) with this now. I will deal with it tomorrow and whether I deal with it tomorrow or not. We'll see, but I'm not going to deal with this today because it's too much, yeah, and so I just pushed things aside, and that like I said, that's why I think it took me two years to deal with things because i I didn't know how to, yeah, um, and I mean, there was just so much I lost at that point, you know, the church we were going to, the you know friendships, everything, um but I just kept going, and i I thought you know once I graduated, you know I would figure it out and I actually uh, met my husband right before I graduated uh, high school okay uh, a guys- couple of days actually oh <laughs> uh, he had met my soon-to-be sister-in-law at that point um at a church group and I don't know they were texting or whatever and he asked if she knew of any girls and so she <laughs> gave him my number <laughs> and i will say from the beginning rich was the bad boy not i mean he was he was still a christian and everything but he was a bad boy he had the sports car he was he's four years older than me oh um i mean i think the first night like we met like we had been texting for a few days and he came over my parents um I mean, we held hands and cuddled. That was more than, I mean, it took me and my first boyfriend like eight months to do that or something. (laughs) It was crazy uh, how fast it went. Um, but I still had the, I mean, we still talked about marriage so early on. Uh, We were engaged after seven months. Wow. Um, So, I mean, and I don't regret it, but I mean, looking back, it was so fast, but I didn't know how to separate like, what I was raised within the purity culture, I mean, because even in youth group, oh gosh, I can't even, I had the, my purity ring at 16. Mm-hmm. I got that for my 16th birthday. I, um, you know, I had youth pastors saying, one youth pastor told me um, that, well, that no, wasn't just me, but he was uh, speaking to the whole youth group. We were talking about purity and how important it was. And he talked about how when him and his fiance are going up the stairs. He's not a gentleman. He would walk in front of her because he didn't want to be tempted to stare at her bottom <laughs> or anything like that. I mean, just crazy stuff because women were the temptress yes. and men, you know, it was our job to keep them from being tempted because men were weak and you know, yes. we didn't want to cause them to stumble. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, I was just, I was fully immersed in that. Uh, so, I mean, even when I started dating Rich, you know, it was hard to separate what I had been raised with. And, you know, like I instantly saw, okay, we're in a relationship, full on relationship for him. I'm sure I was a lot to handle because (laughs) I was just instantly like, no, we're in a relationship. No, you can't (laughs) talk to other girls. No, you, you know, like all this stuff. And so it was almost like I curbed the bad boy a little bit, but at the same time, I didn't want to, because... He was yeah. exciting and yeah. different than, you know, other people and other guys I had been
0: around. Yeah, um, and so what did your parents think about Rich from the get-go, from early on? Um, they liked him. Uh I mean, they were a little bit concerned
1: because he had a, you know, a bit of a troubled background. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, I mean, I, I think there was definite concern, but I, from the beginning, I was hooked, and so was Aww. he, so... Um, yeah, we, yeah, engaged after seven months and then he went off to college at Michigan State to finish up his degree. Um, and I had just gotten a nanny job right before, or right after we met, I got the nanny job and I was there for two years. So it was right out of high school.
0: Wow. Um,
1: and I mean, I would, we saw each other, you know, every weekend, every other weekend or whatever. Wow. And, um, and so- even at that point, I was going up and staying at his apartment and stuff.
0: Yeah. But
1: my parents trusted me. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily I was a good girl,
0: the role follower for them. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, looking back at that now, I mean, like even with my kids, right, since we've been out of faith, like like we put so much pressure and so many expect unrealistic expectations, right, mm-hmm. on teenagers and young adults. I mean, like, when the sex drive is so high. Right. And, and like one of my kids is very, um, sexualized and has had a number of partners and it's Mm -hmm. like, that's just who they are, you know? And the other two are not so experienced and that's just who they are. And like, neither's right nor wrong. And like, it makes me sad to think about any guilt they may have had, right, about feeling hmm. these, whatever, sexual urges or desires as young, well, they're still young children, but, right, teenagers and young adults. Right. That, you know, that there's no need for that, you know. And in my, it's interesting, like, you know, my most of my husband's family are very, very strict um, conservative Catholics. And so, you know, and then my family is very, much of them are very conservative, strict evangelicals. But like okay. that like need to like protect your virginity at all costs, you know, and uh-huh. my son lives with his girlfriend and one of my girls is, you know, is out there, you know, and like, it's obvious that that's a huge disappointment
1: for them. Uh-huh.
0: And they think that they're ruining their lives. And yet now I can, I can look at them and say, no, like, this is like a natural thing that humans do. And not that I want them to be like careless, right? Right, right. Like, get STDs and get pregnant when they don't want to have a baby or like hurt their hearts or somebody else's heart. I want them to still be smart. But like there's so much emphasis on protecting, you know, our virginity. It mm-hmm. just seems just so, so silly. And, and
1: see, I felt like we had so much more, pr- again, that was another aspect of where we had so much pressure. Like I was a virgin on my wedding day. Um, oh. so was my husband. I mean, his family is Catholic Lutheran, kind of a mixture. Um, wow. very religious, very conservative, um still are to this day. Wow. um but so, I mean, that was a huge emphasis that they wanted. But even just when we were all teenagers and dating, our, you know, significant others, me and all my siblings, um, we had so much criticism anytime we showed any physical affection in front of relatives, like, if they'd say Easter or something like that, relatives are over, and so are our significant others, and we got so much criticism, and most of us weren't even doing anything, (laughs) but yet now, like, I see, like, a couple of my cousins have lived with their, uh, like boyfriends or now husbands or, or girlfriends or whatever beforehand
0: yeah. and they didn't get any criticism <laughs> and I'm like what like how is this fair
1: yeah uh, but maybe
0: it goes back to like what we talked about earlier with like because you guys were homeschooling and like a yeah. different type mm-hmm. of family expectations and the the bar for you guys was so much higher. Yeah, it really
1: was. Um, and I mean, it's it's hard to have that. You know, everybody's watching you. Everybody is constantly trying to, you know, figure out if you're doing anything you shouldn't be doing. Or you know, I mean, it's a lot of pressure. Um, but and it, it's hard to, like, I can't imagine being raised with. I mean, we I, we were. We watched a movie numerous times. We owned it called Pamela's Prayer. I don't know if you ever saw it. No, but that is where she waits until her wedding day to kiss her husband. Wow! I do not understand how you can go from kissing to consummating yeah. your
0: marriage in one, you know, like
1: one yeah, night. That's
0: big time. That's, that's a big stretch.
1: <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> um, but I mean if
1: you know, if I had had sex before marriage and people have found out, I would have been so criticized. Yeah. Um, but I felt, you know, anytime we do, cause we didn't have sex, but I mean, sure. We messed around a little yeah, bit. Right. But it was, there was so much guilt. It yes. was like, a you can't even really enjoy doing anything because it's like you have guilt afterwards. Yeah. And even that's with my first boyfriend, a lot of our problems were um, um, and which again, we did the very most innocent yeah. you can get, that's what we did, like, we held hands, I think we kissed after like, I don't know, 10 months or something, and it was uh, peck, like, I didn't know how to make out with a guy until <laughs> I met my husband, like, I did not know how to, and I was 18 at that point, um,
0: but I mean, um,
1: it was so like, I remember he would feel so much guilt afterwards, and so, it almost, um, we had held hands for a while and he felt guilt for it. Like, cause I was too much, too fast or whatever. And I remember the first time he tried to kiss me, I said, no, because I honestly was not ready for him to come back two days later and tell me that we shouldn't have done it. Yeah. And I could have easily seen that happening, but I mean, it's, there it was a constant struggle of, are you doing God's will? Yeah, And I don't think I've ever found more freedom out of that mm-hmm. because like on a day-to-day basis, I'm not having to worry if every little action I do, am I secretly, you know, am I accidentally sinning? And yeah. Should I have talked to this person that I didn't talk to and I just sinned and I didn't even know it? I know. You know, there's so much stress Yes, that is caused when you have to follow this. And I mean, my life's not been perfect since being out of it, but, oh, I the freedom that I feel is so amazing because I
0: don't have to have all this constant stress. Right. It's priceless. I mean that I struggled deeply during my Christian days with needing to be perfect, right. Mm -hmm. And never attaining that perfection. And like this one intimate Bible study I was in, it was kind of like, I like nothing had worked. I had probably been in Christianity for, I don't know, 20 years,
1: And like Mm -hmm. nothing
0: was working because I still wasn't perfect, you know, like I still sinned and I still maybe said bad words or yelled at my kid or whatever. Didn't want to have sex with my husband when he wanted to have sex, whatever it was where I was failing to live up to that Proverbs 31 goal bar. Mm -hmm. And like one of the girls in this, so this was a kind of like a, like a last, a last attempt Bible study. It was kind of like an accountability group and it was different and, It was like a mentorship. It was kind of interesting. But anyway, um, I remember just sharing that. And one of the girls was like, Leah, you can't be perfect. You're never going to be perfect. Like if you were perfect, why do you need Jesus in your life? Why do you need God? And And so like that kind of like made a lot of sense to me. But then I was like, well, then what's the point? right what, what am i trying to do here like like it was just like this like conundrum i was like well it was like this cognitive dissonance like but i thought i'm supposed to achieve perfection like that's what i'm trying to do with jesus uh-huh. and I'm trying so hard and wasting so much time and energy and emotional stability right like joy because i was right. such a failure day in and day out and well, it's even- exhausting. Yeah, it is. And even like, okay, what are you supposed to do with
1: your life? Yeah, How do you even decide that? Like, unless you get a calling to go into ministry or something like that, like, honestly, how do you even decide? Because if you're so focused on what God's will is, Hmm. I don't even understand how you live. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, it's exhausting to, you know, and do you, once you come out of it, it's like, there were so many times I'd be like, okay, but what do I want Yes. to truly find, you know, I mean, and I'm a pleaser. I like pleasing my parents. I like pleasing those around me. The only people I don't like pleasing are people that I feel that put authority on me that don't have a right to, and then I'm like, oh, rebellious all the way. (laughs) I'll do the opposite of what you say. Like it doesn't matter. But for the most part, you know, I did what I was supposed to do. I followed the rules. But yet there, it's like, you don't even know who you're supposed to be because you're trying to be somebody else and you're supposed to surrender every part of yourself. You surrender your dreams, surrender your wants, you know, everything, give it over to God. But it's like, at what point do you do something because it makes you happy and because you want it?
0: Right. Okay. So Bethany, great question. And so how have you managed that? Like, Learning to trust yourself and know what your own desires and wishes and hopes and dreams are. How does that work for you today?
1: I still have not gotten it perfectly
0: down. Okay, good. A lot
1: of it was um, uh, a couple of years ago, I did the Enneagram. Yes. Ways or whatever. So I am an Enneagram six. Okay. uh, And a lot of that is, you know, safety is a big concern. Like I, I'm a more fearful person. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm very concerned with what is safe and what is good, you know, but a lot of it too is getting people around you that um, you depend on so much so that you're willing to do stuff that you don't even really want to do just to make them happy. Yeah. And when we lived back in Ohio, in Bellevue, Ohio, I had had, we had a nice Big backyard. And I was like, okay, I can garden. I hate gardening. I hate nature. I just honestly don't enjoy it, never have. Well, the first year I got away with not doing it because I for summer I was pregnant with Lucas and I was due in August. So there was no way I was doing it. (laughs) But I had Rich build me this rate, these raised garden beds. And I was like, okay, next summer I'm gonna do it. And I had just gone through this Enneagram stuff and I was like, Hey mom. It's like, yeah, what? And I was like, I don't want a garden. I don't like gardening. I don't enjoy it. I don't like digging in the dirt. She's like, "Well then don't do it." <laughs> but because she loves gardening, she, you know, and I it was put in my head, you know, "Oh, this is a great way of providing for your family, you know. You're saving money, you're, you know, doing more natural stuff. You should do this." Yep. And I felt that that's what I needed to do, but I realized then how much am I doing in my life that I don't even want to do? And I mean, even just, I remember once I started getting, you know, further and further further out of Christianity, like watching these shows that I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should be watching these shows. I kind of (laughs) want to watch these shows. And you do feel a little bit of guilt afterwards. I think one of the big ones I watched was like Pretty Little Liars. I started watching that. And I'm like, or, and Gilmore Girls is another one. And you're like, okay, I didn't get struck down by lightning when I watched this. Okay, maybe, you know, maybe another one and we'll see. Oh, but I, it, it, it's, it's taken years to get out of that. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it started, you know, once I got out of, started getting out of it, such a huge resentment to church. Like I still, to this day, do not want to step into a church. I don't yeah. care what it's for. Christmas Eve service, you know, and my husband's parents are still very religious, and uh, we had baptized Samuel uh, in a Lutheran church that we got married in, and I have not baptized Lucas, and I've been questioned Yeah, count how many times if I was going to baptize Lucas, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> yep, not a chance. But I mean, there, it started, at, we were still, so Rich still wanted to go to church for a while. He's less, wanting to now, um, like for the past several years. But when Samuel was a baby, he wanted to go to church. And I did not. And I fought against it. But he's like, no, we need to go as a family. And I would go and I'd be sitting there. And I'm like, I don't believe this. I don't believe this stuff. I don't want to be here. Um and it was so different than, you know, going to church growing up. Yeah. Such a different perspective. Um and I remember this one church we went to and I'm sitting there looking up at the women singing and I'm like, are they happy? Are they fulfilled? Or are they just as trapped as I was, mm-hmm. you know, just staring and thinking, you know, how can these women be happy? You know, they are literally trapped in all of this.
0: Oh. And I mean, it,
1: it was such a new perspective for me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I've, I'm still at this stage, of, you know, like, I don't, like I said, I don't want anything to do with church. I don't want to go back there. Um, I don't know if that'll last forever. But I mean, just the idea, it's like suffocating. It's like, yeah, uh, I, it's too much to handle. I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah.
0: Well, I oh, tell you, Bethany, I mean, like, to be your age, okay, and to be free, and to experience that freedom and to know what that feels like is just so exciting to me. I mean, like mm-hmm. I think about myself and your mama, right? It took us a little bit longer, a lot longer. Okay. Yeah. I don't gonna lie. And like, it just brings me such joy and like excitement that you are where you are here in like your mid twenties, you know, like uh-huh. having work through some of this and like how much I don't know I mean like not that my life hasn't been beautiful or your mama's life hasn't been beautiful Mm -hmm. but like the freedom that you are going to be able to like share with your boys and with the world like it just gives me such hope for the future that it's going to be able to be different out there you know, right. a woman who's been freed and like my wings are no longer clipped and I'm free to flap them and soar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, you know, like, it's like, it's like priceless. Like you can't even like describe what that feels like compared to when they were clipped so tight, you couldn't even get off, t- take off the ground. Right. You know? And so like, I would say the only other flip
1: side of that with parenting is it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Because. I was raised a certain way. And growing up, I always imagined that I would raise my children this way too. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, for the first couple of years, what do I even tell them? I mean, so far, I'm not even kidding. My children know nothing about God. They know nothing about the existence of God, like nothing. They don't know about anything. But I haven't, for one thing, I didn't want to tell them about stuff before they're old enough to make their own decisions Yeah, I don't want them stepping foot in a church if I can help it Yeah, because they're at such an impressionable age where you know Santa Claus is real and you know all this other stuff oh, right that I can't imagine you know ha- trying to f- push that you know enforce that on them But then I'm like, well, what do I teach them? Right. What's the alternative? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I was a nanny, but when I was a nanny, you know, my employees, employers were religious. You know, I did what I was supposed to do Yeah. and you know, what do you do now? It's a little scary. Yeah. And even, you know, like, even like, you know, my son's getting to, you know, five-year-old starting to discover their body and stuff.
0: It's like, what do I do about that? <laughs> like, what language do I use to talk about that? Like, there's yes. so many questions. And that's one thing I think that, like, drew me and um, maybe your mom to religion is that it had an answer. You know, Mm -hmm. as shitty as it's come out, we found it to be. It had a right, right? That black and that white again. It had Uh a right and a wrong answer. And for me as a parent, I mean, like I would order all the Dr. Dobson books, parenting books. And like Lisa Welchel was like my fangirl. I don't know if you know who she is, but she was like um, Blair on the Facts of Life, which You're way too young for that. I know. I, my mom watched reruns, so okay. I, I Okay, <laughs> so she was like the rich, beautiful, blonde girl. Uh uh-huh. So anyway, she was a Christian, and she raised her children Christianity, and she wrote all these books about how to parent your kids well. And they homeschooled. Like she was like the bomb mom. So like whatever Lisa Welchel said, you know, I put into practice in uh-huh. life. And so like it was so comforting to me as a parent to have an answer. You know, at the time I thought it was the right answer or a right answer. Right. Right. It was scary when, I mean, we left religion when my kids were still, you know, young teens and teens. Uh It was, yeah, it was scary. So like, do you have any like non-religious parenting groups that you're a part of like online or in your community? There
1: is just... Not that I found, you know, like, especially where we live now, it is such a rural area. Yeah. And which means it's very conservative. And, yes. you know, there's tons of churches all through town. Um, so, I mean, not at this point. And, I mean, I I had actually, uh, when I was still in high school, the one church we went to, I was the, you know what Mops is? Yes. Oh, Yeah. I was the Mop X coordinator. I was in charge of the kids. That was a big thing senior Aww. year. That's what I, one of the big things I did. Bless well you. <laughs> I didn't want to go to MOPS after like I think I went maybe three or four times after I had my kids. Yeah. I have not been back. And like I've had, you know, I have old friends that, you know, not really friends anymore, but that go to those things and that's where they get filled up. Yeah. And I'm like, nope.
0: I know.
1: Right. So it it, it, it leads, you know, it is difficult because yep. honestly, it's hard to find community. Yeah. When you're not in church, because it's just like, well, where do you even find people? I know. And I'm hoping that you know, if the schools open back up, I can get more involved with the schools up here. Yeah. Um but it's it's terrifying um not to know what to do. <laughs> like and not to have the support. I mean there's some groups on Facebook and stuff, but most of them, I have not found any really secular ones. Yeah. And even, I heard about one mom's group in the area, but they're like, it's at a church. I don't know if it's really church. And I'm like, uh-huh. Is that a church?
0: Yeah. Nope. <laughs> not for me right now. But yeah. Gosh, I hope, I hope that you, I'm going to do a little research because I, you're not the only mom, young mom I know that who has, who has left religion that's struggling to find a community Mm -hmm. of like-minded people to help with these sorts of things, like resources, like what books do I read? What shows do I watch? You know, (laughs) like, what do I say to my kid about, yeah, they're finding their parts of their bodies, you know, like there's so many unknowns. And I think it, and unfortunately, you know, like we're way behind as secular people in these areas, like the church has filled these roles for so long and they've done uh-huh. a really good job, you know, fortunately yeah. or unfortunately, at at providing right. community for us. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, it's 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 rough to try to do that. Especially, you know, like I said, when we move so much. So it's I'm not a stranger to moving. Yeah. I'm sure it's like a stranger to trying to yeah. get involved in a community. And I mean, I'm so like I decided years ago, you know, a couple of years ago, I didn't want to be friends with people that were religious. Not that it's just, it was too much of a strain for me. Not that I'm going to cut people out, but yeah. I, you know,
0: I chose my friends carefully. Yeah. yeah. And that's an okay boundary for you to have right <laughs> now. I mean, it doesn't mean that's going to be the tr- your truth forever, but for right now, but, even if it is forever, that's okay. That's your
1: prerogative. Uh, And I'm really hopeful with college, especially, I mean, I wasn't in Ohio for long enough to really, I was working through so much stuff at that point Yeah. when we were, when I was living with my parents, um, last year, but I'm hoping if I, especially if I start going to the community college up here, that I'll really be able to meet people. uh, Um, and once this pandemic is over.
0: Yeah. Cross our fingers and our toes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, young lady, we, it's after nine. Okay. And I think this is probably a good place for us to start. So, like, we can pick things back up with maybe like you guys getting married and yes. that whole cool story yeah. and then parenthood. So, does that sound like a plan? Yep. That sounds like a good plan. Okay. One. Well, I will be in touch with um, scheduling another date. And thank you so much for your time. It's been, I mean, I knew you were going to be absolutely lovely because your mother is absolutely <laughs> lovely. And you just spoke so highly of you. And she, she is like your biggest fan. She really is. Yeah. And, um, so it's been a delight and a privilege and I look forward to continuing the conversation next time. Yes, I do too. Thanks for joining us today on women beyond faith where we are finding freedom on the other side one story at a time.